Hey everyone, it's Susan Pierce Thompson. Welcome to the weekly vlog. So just a couple of days ago, I was on the phone for several hours with my Bright Lifers community. And uh, Bright Lifers are people who've been through the boot camp and decided to join what comes after that in Brightline Eating Land, which is Bright Lifers. And it's an annual program. And we have a lot of things that we uh, provide for our Bright Lifers. It's, it's really community-based. And twice a month, I hop on the phone and do a coaching call. Uh, people write in with their questions. And this woman wrote in saying, I had gastric bypass surgery long before Brightline Eating, and I'm feeling isolated in Brightline Eating, feeling like I'm the only one who's had gastric bypass. I feel uh, some shame about this, and I feel isolated. And I'm wondering... Uh, if there are other people, if I belong here, if the goals are the same for someone with gastric bypass. And I talked with her for quite some time and we have a few people in Brightline Eating who work for Brightline Eating whose job is to help with outreach and connect people and coach people. And Marianne Marsh is one of those people and she spoke with this woman and connected her up with some other people who'd had gastric bypass. It was a big awareness for me. It was a big aha moment because I coach people all the time in Brightline Eating who've had gastric bypass. I know my coaches do too. It's something we're very familiar with. And it honestly was stunning to me that someone who'd had gastric bypass would feel alone or isolated because I myself am just so aware of um, how numerous people who've had gastric bypass are in Brightline Eating. And she pointed out, well, there's no boot camp videos on it. You've never done a vlog on it. Like, how would I know that there are so many other people? And I thought, she's so right. She's so right. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna do a vlog on that. And she said, that would be so nice. So here is the vlog on gastric bypass and Brightline Eating. So if you don't know, gastric bypass is wildly popular and it's gaining in popularity every year. About 200,000 surgeries are performed every year now. Uh, in 2017, it was actually two, 228,000 surgeries up from 200,000 in, or like 196,000 in 2015. So they're on the rise and a lot of physicians are recommending them, not only because there doesn't seem to be anything out there that helps people lose weight sustainably, but also because gastric bypass has these um, funny other benefits, uh, like helping with type 2 diabetes, for example. There seems to be something about cutting into the digestive tract. Now, I don't know if you know this, but um, the digestive system is actually lined with uh, brain cells, neurons. This is something we just learned, you know, not that long ago. Um, there's actually, you know, like a huge amount of the dopamine and serotonin in the body is actually not in the brain. It's in the gut. Um, so bizarre. And we don't really uh, fully understand at all the impact of this nervous system living in our digestive system. Um, but anyway, it's there. And it seems like when you cut it, sort of similar to how in the 1950s we noticed, huh, when you take a sewing needle and you stick it up in, into someone's eyeball and you swish it back and forth and you perform a frontal lobotomy, like all kinds of extreme emotional problems just go away. We don't really know why, but there seems to be something about severing the 
frontal cortex from the rest of the brain that has some kind of positive emotional effect on people who are easily agitated. It kind of reminds me of that, the sort of state of the science, right? Like we're just like, hmm, we just cut the stomach and we don't know why, but lots of type 2 diabetes goes away. So anyway, the numbers are as follows. About 200,000 surgeries are happening each year. The way they define success with gastric bypass is not helping people get down to a right size body. Doctors are very explicit with their patients that um, they should not expect to get thin from gastric bypass surgery. It almost never happens, it's very rare. What doctors say is the goal is to help you lose half of your excess weight. So if you're morbidly obese and you've got 200 pounds to lose, you should expect ideally to lose 100 of those 200 pounds that you have to lose, right? So if you're 400 pounds and you're a, a male who's six feet tall, you're not gonna get down to 200 pounds. You might get down to 300 pounds. So that's how they define success. You know, from morbidly obese, uh, gastric bypass is usually recommended for people who have a BMI of 35 or 40, which is morbidly obese. Uh, a normal BMI is 20 to 25. 18 and a half to 25. Um, and not only are morbidly obese, but have some other comorbidity, like some other issue, heart disease or diabetes or some, some other issue that, uh, that is probably being caused by their weight. So that's who gets recommended for gastric bypass. And that's how they, de they define success with gastric bypass. Now, how are they doing with that goal of getting people to lose half of their excess weight? The answer is that about five years out from surgery, um, they have about a 50 to 60% success rate with that goal of just getting people down, you know, losing half of their excess weight. About five years out, you know, a, roughly 50, 50, maybe 60% are successful, something like that. So even with that modest goal, um, results are, not that great. So five years out from gastric bypass, the average BMI of somebody is 32, um, which, you know, is still obese. Um, so the average gastric bypass patient remains obese. And a, a, in many cases, weight is climbing back. The stomach pouch is stretching back out. Um, and what I see in Bright Line Eating a lot is people come to Bright Line Eating because they've gained back. Um, Usually not all of the weight, although I have seen that, um, but enough of the weight that um, the writing is on the wall and they're terrified. Like, okay, this too didn't work. What about that diabetes thing? It It is pretty remarkable. After gastric bypass, about 50%, 51% uh, of cases of type 2 diabetes are cured. However, um, a lot of the diabetes comes back. So five years out, only 20% are cured <laughs> um, still. So 80% um, have their diabetes again. So it seems to be, and you know, the neurons are um, regenerative, right? Like neurogenesis is a real thing. So whatever it did, severing the stomach lining or, you know, cutting into the digestive tract, those neurons grow back and the diabetes finds its way back into the system. You know, a lot, I hear a lot of people who come to Brightline Eating from Gastric Bypass talking about how Gastric Bypass doesn't address the food addiction. Like it doesn't deal with the underlying 
issue. And um, my understanding of the counseling that people get before gastric bypass is that they're very clear about that, you know, that you are going to have to eat differently and you are going to have to change your lifestyle, that this will provide some support in that direction, but you are going to have to, um, you know, fundamentally live differently if you want to keep this weight off. And, um, you know, some support is provided for that. I know there are support groups and so forth. A lot of people come to Brightline Eating after gastric bypass. Um, it's pretty common. And in Bright Lifers, we have um, a pretty large community now, thousands of people, and we're creating special interest groups for people with backgrounds that um, really benefit from receiving more specific targeted support. So for example, men, um, because Brightline Eating is largely female and, um, you know, men really benefit from having their own group to, you know, discuss things in. People coming from bigger numbers, the journey is um, different in certain key ways when you're going to be on weight loss for a year or two or three, you know, it's a different when you when you've got that kind of distance to travel. Um, the journey is different. And when you know what it's like to really come from bigger numbers, there are different um, challenges that come with numbers like that. So uh, we've created a special interest group there, one for eating disorders. So we have several of them and we're um, soon going to be creating one for people who've had gastric bypass so that people who come from that background can get really targeted support. Um, myself and my coaches, we've gotten really good at working with people with gastric bypass. If you've read the Brightline Eating book and you've had a gastric bypass surgery, I'm just going to share with you in this vlog some of the recommendations that we routinely make um, in terms of the food, the food plan, because um, shifting your digestive system that way does create challenges long term, you know, challenges with nutrient absorption, challenges with digestion. It's a big rearrangement for the digestive system. So what we recommend to people, for example, is um, just be careful with vegetables. If you've had gastric bypass, you already know this, you know that vegetables can be problematic. So we recommend trimming the, the number of vegetables, just the quantity, just shrinking it down a little bit. Um, also, cooked vegetables seem to work better than um, raw vegetables, just in terms of bulk. If you're really having a hard time, even pureeing your vegetables can be a good idea. Um, there's also some differences with protein. So if you're an omnivore and you eat meat, you're going to find that it's better to really slow cook the meat until it's really soft. Think sort of pot roast as opposed to grilled white chicken breast, right, which is dry and uh, that's not going to go down as well. So there are doctors that are recommending protein shakes, um, both for the extra nutrients, you know, the vitamin supplements and so forth. In Brightline Eating, we tend to caution people to avoid shakes and powders of all kinds. But gastric bypass is one exception to that. If you find that the protein shakes are really helping you and they are recommended by your doctor, we don't necessarily caution that you eliminate those. If they're working for you, they're working for you. That, that can be fine. And then, of course, breaking up the meals. You might not just be able to eat the bulk of food that you would need uh, to eat in order to get down three meals a day. So maybe four meals a day, maybe even five might be what you find you need to do um, in order to help with digestion, just to have the meals be the size that your system can tolerate. We don't tend to, uh, ha we don't have one gastric bypass recommendation because it really varies. Uh, depending on when your surgery was, how long ago it was, 
you might find that you can do the Bright Line Eating Weight Loss Food Plan just fine. Uh, I've seen that. Um, I've seen people just need to trim back the ounces of vegetables at dinner by, say, four ounces, and then they're fine. Um, I've seen everything from that to, you know, needing five meals a day and all the vegetables pureed. Uh, it really depends on how recently your surgery was and, and how your digestive system is healing and how much your stomach pouch has stretched back out. And you know, there's a lot of factors. So what we like to do is kind of start with the Bright Line Eating Food Plan and then modify from there um, and do what you need to do in order to be comfortable. But, you know, I wanted to record this vlog because it's really important to me that people not feel alone in Bright Line Eating. And it's so easy to feel alone in Bright Line Eating because food addiction is a disease of isolation. That's a line from the literature of a 12-step food program. And it's, I find it to be really true. Food issues are inherently incredibly isolating. Addiction in general is inherently incredibly isolating. And even if you don't identify as a food addict, the forces of um, feeling ashamed about the way you eat, feeling different about the way you eat, wanting to hide and close the curtains and not answer the phone and just eat, it's a very isolating phenomenon. Eating excess food in general is an isolationist experience. And I find that the isolator in each of us is often the number one thing that we need to come to grips with, to befriend, to get curious about. I was gonna say to battle. And I'm, I'm learning as I get to know the parts of myself that I don't, I don't battle with my parts anymore. I have an isolator inside of me and I don't wanna so much battle her as understand how she's trying to help me, right? She feels that it's more comfortable and more safe to be alone with my food. And anything in me that tells me that I'm different, that I don't belong, that nobody really understands the way my relationship with my food works is going to profoundly impact my Brightline Eating journey. For me these days, it's that I'm different because I'm the head of Brightline Eating. You don't understand what I go through trying to shoulder the load of this movement and blah, blah, blah. It's a, it's a very powerful line that my my saboteur feeds me, um, that I'm different and I'm isolated and I can't lean on this community because it needs me to be strong and be the leader and blah, 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 blah. We all have our way that we feel different and alone. You probably have your way. I, I invite you to think about it. Like what is, what is the line that your isolator feeds you that tells you that you're different and special and separate and you don't quite belong in this community the way other people do. I'm just curious what your isolator tells you. My isolator's changed over the years because, you know, five years ago there was no bright line eating and I, you know, uh, dealt with my food addiction in other ways. And then I had other stories about how I was different. Um, so the, the isolator shifts a little bit based on current conditions. But if you've had gastric bypass, I wanted to shoot this vlog so that you feel a little bit less alone, so that you know that there are others in Bright Line Eating. If you want to hop into the boot camp and hop into Bright Lifers, you will easily find the community of people who do Bright Line Eating and have had gastric bypass. 
If not, just know that you are not alone. Maybe read down the comments. I bet some people will post that they indeed are part of the Brightline Eating community and have had gastric bypass. And if that's you, maybe you could post, you know, what's working for you in terms of your food plan and in terms of how you stay connected on your Brightline Eating journey. So that's my pitch, not just if you've had gastric bypass, but whatever your story is, however your isolator is telling you that you're alone and different, you're not alone. You might be different in some way, but all of us are different in some way. And you belong. And I love you. And I'll see you next week.